Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode. Guys, y'all know how I feel about the woman ballers. And on this episode, I got to chop it up with pro baller Ciara Moore. But before I introduce her, let's just talk about a few things over the NBA. Yes, the Warriors are balling, sitting at the number one seed right now in the league. But I want to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Currently, their record is 9-5. and five. They're sitting at fourth in the East. Y'all always hear me talk about happy basketball. Why? Because happy basketball is dangerous. Prayers are with Sexton, who suffered the torn meniscus. Yo, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, the top scorers of the squad. And then you have Ricky Rubio. He's still a smooth dude. Mobley is averaging 15.3 points, 7.8 rebounds, and 1.4 blocks per game. A seven-footer with a nice jumper. That comeback against Boston, though, I love a team that does not give up. Okay, so let's talk about these Bulls. Yes, they definitely got checked the other day from the Warriors, but... Hey, I still like the fact that they are playing happy basketball. They are sitting at fourth in the East. They are eight and four. Levine, always been a monster. We have DeMar DeRozan hopping, skipping, jumping, smiling when he's shooting the ball. He's averaging 20 point, 20, excuse me, 20.2 points a game. You have Lonzo. He, I love the way he controls the pace of the game. Um, he is having... Um, a great game. He's having great momentum. This was a great addition to the Bulls. He is averaging 12.6 points a game. Now you have AC in the mix. His energy. He's a great defender, like great defender. He is leading the league in steals. I just love that the fact that the East is something to talk about now because for so long, all the competition was on the West. Remember that? Remember when Bron Bron was winning the East, you know, just bogotting everybody out the East. But now there's some competition out there. Speaking of happy basketball, let's get into this interview. McDonald's All-American, Gatorade Player of the Year, APP Player of the Year, Champion, and much more. Introducing Ciara Moore. Do you guys want to start a podcast? Well, Anchor's a place to be. You can start a podcast and let me explain. It's free. This gives you the tools to record your podcast right from your phone or your computer, right in the comfort of your own home. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. And not only is it free, you can make money at minimal listenership. It's everything you need and more to make a podcast all in one place. Just go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All righty. Thank you, Ciara, for coming on Sports Talk with C. Oh, you're welcome. And um, so tell me a little about yourself. Where did you grow up? 
Um, I'm from Hanover, Pennsylvania. It's a small town. A lot of people don't really know. I usually say like the Utz potato chips or Snyder's pretzels. That's okay, like my, I heard of those. Yeah, that's my town. That's really all that's there. But um, yeah, I grew up there, went to school there. And then uh, my mom is from there. My dad's from Maryland. So it's just me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. And I still stay there in the summers when I go home. So oh, nice. I get that's to, good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then it's a really small town. I went to a Catholic school. There wasn't really much to do. AAU kind of was my getaway. So the only time I really got to get away from my small town is when I was going on AAU trips. Okay, so small town, nothing really there. How did you begin to play basketball? What made you pick up a basketball? Yeah, so both my parents play basketball. Um, My dad played in college. He played at Millersville. It's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, My mom played in high school and at four, at the age of four, they put me at the YMCA. I was playing co-ed basketball in the YMCA. So um, ever since then, I I just stuck with it and I, I loved it. My mom said it was funny, like when I first started, because I would, I was so fast and the kid that was supposed to be guarding me was like, would be all the way over there. And my mom said, I'd be like, no, you're supposed to be over here guarding me. She's like, no, the point is to get open, but yeah, so I've always been quick. That's one of my good attributes. But um, yeah, I just loved it. And then I started playing AAU when I was eight with the nine-year-olds. And okay. so I, I did that. I, I jumped around to a lot of AAU, different AAU clubs, club teams. But my last one that I was with was the Philly Bells, which is probably popular for most people. Okay. And did you have to like travel to a different town to like see the yeah. basketball culture? Yes. Yeah, so I had to travel mostly to Philly. And even though I live in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is bigger than people think. And um, Philly is two and a half, three hours away. So right after school, my mom would, my mom was, my mom's a teacher. So she would pick me up from school. I would always be eating on the road. I had a lot of fast food growing <laughs> up. And we would go right to uh, basketball practice, AAU practice. So I'm actually really grateful that they took the time to do that for me because a lot of parents don't have time to take their kids mm-hmm. uh, all the way to practice all the time. But I was really fortunate in that area. And my mom took me to as many as she could. It got easier when I was on the bells because we would practice on the weekends. So we would just go up for the weekend and then stay the night in a hotel. And then I would practice Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. So how would you say compared to when you played AAU that you that you can see how much has it changed? Uh, it's changed a lot. Uh, <laughs> especially, I feel like when I played, we were playing four games in a day. And now I know there's like restrictions on how many games they can play in a day. I actually work in the AAU circuit in the summers. So I get to see a lot of differences. Um, it's expensive to go watch these kids play. They have people coming there overtime. Now they have the overtime on Instagram and everything. So they're there watching the, the girls and, you know, and now with the new thing with, uh, college, 
and you can have sponsors and everything. So now they're starting really young and it's, it's all, it's so crazy to see that there's 12 year old girls and there's college coaches sitting there like watching 12 year old girls. When I was just excited when I was, I I got my first offer before I was entering high school when in eighth grade. And I thought that was like the greatest thing ever. And now my 14 year old cousin, she's like, so has so much anxiety because there's coach college coaches talking to her now and they can even text you and everything. And I just remember for us, it was emails. So (laughs) you had to wait until the, when it started for to get emails. And I remember I was waiting that night for the first time that they could start emailing to see if I would get an email from a college coach. But I don't know, I guess they're more mature, but I still think I like those style of play that how we played. Yeah, I just feel like it was a lot. I, I don't know. I feel like the kids now they are focusing on being more flashy than mm-hmm. actually getting down and dirty and doing like the hard work. Like, I mean, most of them are doing work, but I feel like they're making it look more like maybe they're watching the guys in the NBA and they do all these flashy things. So they think they have to do this so they can make it mm-hmm. on our Instagram page or TikTok or whatever. <laughs> social media. <laughs> yeah, social media has taken over everything. And we didn't have any of that back then. And uh, we just were there. We were working hard. Uh, we didn't know because college coaches, they couldn't come when we were younger, but we were still working hard for just for that one day, that one time that they could actually come out and see us. So I think that's, a, that's a really different. I, I don't know. I feel like we're there. They have to grow up so fast now and we could, we could have fun and just work hard and have fun and be with our other teammates and not worry about, oh, I played so bad this game, so I'm not going to get an offer or something like that. Do you feel like it's added pressure from social media, the recruits, the scouting to a a kid they can enjoy basketball? Yeah, I I think, I mean, uh, of course they enjoy it, but I feel like there's a lot of added pressure. Like you said, there's a lot of added pressure now that we kind of could escape from that at least until we were 14, like 15, 16. Now at, at 9, 10, you're, you're worried about, you're worried about, oh, I'm not going to get a scholarship. And mm-hmm. like, no, like, go, go have fun out there with your, with your teammates. Like, it's no problem. You have how many, you have nine more years before you have to think about going to college. Do you feel like when you're enjoying basketball, you play better when you're smiling um, and having fun? Definitely. Yeah. So my first year overseas, I was in, I was in Argentina and I did not enjoy basketball at all there. I was, I, I was at one of my lowest points because I was waiting from the NCAA to see if they would give me my sixth year. And at the last minute they declined me getting my sixth year. So I had to rush and get an agent and that uh, at that point in time it was the end of July almost everybody like was that's usually you're already signed Mm -hmm. and um, my agent was able he said okay well you can do this in Argentina so I took it because I wanted to play basketball because I enjoyed playing basketball but when I got there it wasn't my best experience and I felt like I wasn't enjoying playing basketball and I wasn't playing my best and 
I mean, I, I twisted my ankle and like, usually I twist my ankles all the time, but this, at that point you're like, oh, just, this is just another thing. And um, it wasn't very enjoyable for me that year. So I don't think I played my best, mm -hmm. but the second half of that year, I, I got an opportunity to go to Spain and play in Spain. And like my whole entire mood and how I played switched it, so quick just because that I was enjoying my atmosphere and I was enjoying playing again. So I think it really is an impact if you're happy or not in enjoying basketball. It can really it can really change your whole entire mood. Okay. And I know like for me, I see a lot of kids always want to go to division one, division one. I gotta be this school. What was your thought process in picking the first that your first school in college? So my, my first thought process, like I said, my mom's a teacher. So I was always in school. Like I had perfect attendance when I was younger in school. I never wanted to miss school. So <laughs> yeah, so academics was my number one priority because they always, I feel like they, people get lost and they just want to, oh, like you said, D1, D1. I want to play at this level. I want to play at the best basketball school there is but they're not thinking about what they're going to do after basketball is done. And um, I'm a big uh, future thinker planner. So I was thinking about ahead after when I'm done basketball, what am I going to do? Am I going to have a degree that I can do stuff in, in like my everyday normal life that I don't have basketball anymore, that I can't just go make money dribbling a ball. And um, so Duke was my my choice, so like not solely because of uh, academics, but that was like my number one thing. So going there, when I got offered to go there, it was kind of a no brainer. Even though they're good at bath, they're good at basketball mm -hmm. too. Of course, Duke Blue Devils, everybody knows Duke. Um, but I just fell in love with the campus, and I wanted to study linguistics, but then of course, everything ended up changing when I, I transferred schools, but it was definitely academics when I was looking to go to a school. And was the transfer process hard? Because I know some kids be like, yes. oh, they want to transfer, but then they don't. Because my cousin, she didn't transfer. This would be her third time, but <laughs> thanks to COVID, yeah, exactly. you know, that's I the only reason, but, you know, now she's playing for PC, but went from Ohio to Michigan, but is the process hard? Um, yeah. So when, like, like you said about your, your cousin, my brother, he's on his third school too, because of COVID he didn't have a, and you can just put your name in the transfer portal now. Mm -hmm. But when I was, when I wanted to transfer from Duke, that's back when there was no portal and you couldn't speak to coaches directly, like the coaches that you wanted to add on the other teams. And you had to submit to the coach of the team that you were leaving the possibility of schools you would want them to send like your release to. So um, it was really hard for me because uh, my coach, she denied the one school that I actually wanted to go to. So I had to talk to my old um, AAU coaches and have them help me out and talk to teams because that's also when you couldn't transfer within the con same conference. So there was no more ACC conference for me. Um, I had to think of other conferences and my top five schools 
when I was being recruited and I narrowed them down, they were, uh, four of them were ACC schools. So I have to start over again. And um, luckily Penn State was in my top five and it was mm -hmm. the only school that wasn't ACC. And um, I, I knew Maggie Lucas that was on the team and uh, she, she was a Philly Belle too. And I had asked her if she could uh, talk to her coaches and have them talk to um, our old AU coaches to kind of set, a, set it up. And the, my old coach, she actually accepted that school. So that's kind of how I, how I picked that. It's not like, oh, I regret not being able to, but it's, you can all, you always think about like, how could it have been different if mm -hmm. I could have just put my name in the transfer portal and all these colleges could have seen that I wanted to transfer. But right. That back then, like you, you couldn't do that. So they didn't know. And there were so many college, there were so many college assistant coaches that were, that were like, Oh, if I knew you were, like wanted to transfer, I would have been like calling you and, but you couldn't do that. So it's, it's kind of just a, if would have kind of situation. So it was really hard for me. And um, it was actually really stressful. And you have to think about 18, I, ju I just turned 18 and I'm, I'm transferring. And all I'm thinking about is I want to transfer. I don't like my situation here. And like, I'm just trying to move on and everything is just making it everything more difficult. And my, my coach actually, I wanted my parents to come in when I wanted to say I, I wanted to transfer mm -hmm. and wouldn't even allow my parents to come with me. So it was just a very stressful experience um, transferring. Um, now you can just do it so easily and I feel like sometimes people just do it just to do it now and um for me I I did it because mentally I was I was drained mentally where I was and that's why I needed to do it well that's good because some people can't you know figure yeah. overcome that or scared to say that to actually transfer um so in high school you was named all-american what does that feel like? Um, it's actually crazy because I didn't know that I got named McDonald's All-American <laughs> until a, a week later because the ball they sent to my school, the men's coach took the package. And then during practice the one day, well, my practice in high school, he came and he's like, I think this is for you. He's like, I've had this in my, in my office for a week, but I think, I think it's for you. And I, I opened it and I was like, oh my gosh, like wow. you've had this for a week. week and you're just now giving it to me for a week. And now you're doing, he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. It just, it just said to DeLone, to the DeLone basketball team. I didn't know it was for you. And I was like, it's okay. But <laughs> that, that was the, one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Wow. Because I was not expecting it at all. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was ranked in the country 49th. I think I was the, uh, the lowest ranked player to get picked to play in the McDonald's All-American game that year. So it was just kind of like, oh, I know like I can play with the girls that are, are going there, but it's one of those things I wasn't expecting to, to get because I'm from a small town and 
I people have to vote you in. So I'm thinking who 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 voted me in because <laughs> someone had to vote me in. I guess it was someone, but um, I'm pretty sure it was probably my Mike Flynn or Boo Williams, one of those two, because they're the the Mike Flynn was the owner of my AU team, and I almost decided to play with Boo Williams, but I chose the Philly Bells. But that week um, was amazing. I made a lot of friends. Uh, it's, it's crazy to see that some of the guys are in the NBA and a lot of those girls, they're in the WNBA or overseas. Cool. And it's, it was just, a, it was a great week. It, it was one of the best weeks. Um, it was right when they switched to Adidas. So we got an extra, a, a lot of gear, like extra gear because they were just trying it out. But it, it was a it, it was fantastic. And we were actually the first I played on the East, of course. And then <laughs> um, we were the first team to actually win in the practice game and the real game. They said that people who won the practice game, they always lost in the real game. So we were the first team to win the practice and the in the real game. So that was that was really cool. And I got to play against Alexis Jones, who was going to be my roommate the next year at Duke because she played for the West. So it, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, Jewel Lloyd is one of my fr good friends now, oh, nice. just from that, just from that experience. experience. Um, I played with Brianna Stewart my last year of AAU. So um, she was already there with me and Brittany Sykes too. She was also on our AAU team, but yeah, that was one for the books. Uh, anybody that gets a chance to do that it's I, I'm sure they have the same reaction because it, it's really a great it's a great thing that they do for uh, high school kids to like really showcase our talents and you know give us a give us a week of just you know feeling like we're professionals almost going to the Ronald McDonald house to go yeah. see the kids and it, it, it's just amazing that they do that I think. That's fire. Did you have any player growing up that you um, would say was your favorite player or mimic their style of play? Yeah. Um, Dwayne Wade has always been one of my favorite players. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if I'm for my style of play, I, I think I'm more of LeBron kind of style. I really, I use my, I use my strength. <laughs> I use my strength to my, to my advantage. Um, yeah. So his, and his little, I mean, I'm not a forward, but the point forward mentality, I, I like too, as well. So yeah, LeBron, him, I mean, I watched women's basketball too. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really like Cheryl swoops too. Okay, nice. I had, yeah. I had her Jersey, but, um, Michael Jordan was my mom's favorite. Actually, I was, they didn't find out the sex of the baby when they were having me. And my name was going to be Jordan Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I was a boy and I was born on the 23rd. So I was like, well, oh, well look, look, look at you playing but ball. So they have, I, I was like, well, at least I, I came out a girl. So then we had, because your obsession is so like basketball is just, is everything in our in our household so if you didn't play basketball then there was a problem I don't know what you just must have been sick of it but yeah you have any other sport you wanted to play or was good at besides basketball um yeah okay so yeah I was I was good at track 
I, I, one day I ran, fast, huh? Yeah, the 100, the 200, and the, I was the anchor of the four by one. We actually, I actually made it the States three. I, I did track three years. The one year I decided not to do it because that's when I was really trying to focus and um, see like where I was going to go to school. So I was really focusing on basketball that year. Uh, I actually got a couple offers to run track in college, but I was like, no, basketball's basketball's for me. And I did not like practicing. I'm I'm fast, but I hate to run. I don't want to run. <laughs> My track coach, he was like, oh, I wanna I wanna train you for the 400. I said, that's a whole sprint around the around the track. That's a full sprint. <laughs> I'm not doing a full sprint around the track. <laughs> He's like, you could be great. I said, yeah, this is just this is not for me. In my spare time. But what I really regret, the sport I really, really regret that I wish I could have done was swimming. I really do enjoy swimming. And I, I have pretty broad shoulders. And my mom was a lifeguard when um, I was growing up. So, but my school did not have a swimming pool. I live in a small farm town, so it was kind of like, oh, you could only go to a swimming pool if you went to the Y. So swimming was off the off the charts. So I just had to stick to basketball, but I was fine with it. It was basketball 24-7, and I, I really enjoy basketball, everything about it. I'm going to have to call Caleb. Caleb, come give her some lessons for a week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, yeah. Swimming, swimming is something I do in my my spare time. That's what's up. So as a kid in um, high school, college, playing basketball, what was your ultimate dream? My dream was just to. I guess when I was younger, my dream was to play in the WNBA. But as I got older, mm-hmm. I knew that it didn't really matter as long as I was playing basketball, and. When I found out about people going overseas to play, I thought that was really cool because I'm one of those people that I like to travel and I like to experience different cultures. So the opportunity to do that for free, travel for free and then get paid to play something that I'm good at, it it was really intriguing to me. So of course, you have the people that say, oh, you don't want to try to get in the WNBA. Oh, why not WNBA? Uh, I can't, I got to the point where that wasn't like do or die. WNBA mm-hmm. wasn't do or die. It was, I really want to go overseas. That's something that I, I want to do. And um, once I got to Spain, I fell in love with the whole entire culture, everything about Spain. And I, I just think back that if I never would have thought about going overseas, I would have missed out on an opportunity that is once in a lifetime. And I, I just am so happy and blessed that I was able to do that and able to come to Spain. And well, this, well, now I'm in Romania, but last year and the past three years before that, I had been in Spain. But I, I mean, of course, yeah. WNBA, I love watching it. I support it. I have friends that are in the WNBA. Um, when I'm home in the summers, I try to go to the games. But really on my mind when I was growing up was I just wanted to be able to get out of my my town. I didn't want to be stuck in my town because my town is really small. 
um, a lot of a lot of people that are from my town, they haven't ever been out of the state. So mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I just feel like if I got stuck there, I would be missing out on so much because there's so much this world has to offer. And I always thought people that travel the world are the smartest people. They they have they have so much more intelligence than people that are have been stuck in one place and they haven't experienced other cultures. They they never know. And it's crazy it's it's crazy it's crazy to think that some people just like just staying I, I I could never have that mindset. I would go crazy. I would go crazy staying in one small town. Like my my grandmother, for example, she hasn't been <laughs> anywhere, and she's like, oh, oh, you want to move away from here? Yes, I do. I want, to, <laughs> I want to move away from here. And she's like, you're hating on my town. <laughs> I'm not hating on your town, but there's so much there's so much more and there's so much like there's more things that I've I've experienced now that are better that would not make me want to go back to the town. And I'm I'm thankful that my parents they understand that. And they, it's funny because uh, people would say, oh, she wants to move to Spain. She doesn't want to stay here with you. And I was like, I don't want her to stay here. <laughs> like, I, my mom and dad are like, go. Like, she loves it over there. Why would she stay here when she has opportunities to do something somewhere else where she belongs? I just, I just feel like I never felt like I belonged in my, my town that I grew up in and it's like, it's freeing to, to be able to go overseas. I just feel like I'm locked down every time I go there in the summer and I'm always just waiting for me to sign my next contract to leave. <laughs> and my mom's like, oh, I can tell like when it's getting time, like you're getting anxious because you get so antsy, like you're ready to go. And at least she knows, at least she knows, but it's, it's great to, it's great that my mindset grew as I got older and I think helping AU really helped seeing that traveling, getting to different places of mindset. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that my parents put me in AAU so I could travel and I can make, because most of my friends are from, are through AAU that I, I made. And um, I really, I really, I had friends in my, my hometown, but those, those friends, like I said, most of them never leave that town. Mm -hmm. and that's not the kind of mindset that I had. And I, I, I grew into a different mindset that I, I needed to expand and explore. And um, I, you have to have people around you that have kind of the same ideas as you. So th they know too that we need to go, we need to explore, we need to get out of here. You need to have a passport because you can't not have a passport because we're trying to get, we're trying mm -hmm. to make not, not to Miami every weekend. No, we're trying to go. <laughs> go to <laughs> yes, Philly. I can't wait we're, to go Jamaica. Yeah, <laughs> or Jamaica. Yeah, I don't want to stay in the United States and travel all through there. It's expensive too. I mean, it's crazy how how much cheaper it is overseas than it is to just travel throughout the United States. That's crazy. So what has so far over your career has been your greatest experience? My greatest experience? Um, well, I never won a championship until I think it was two summers or three summers ago. I 
I came home after my first year over in Spain and I thought I was just going to stay home for the summer and then just go play somewhere else the next season. But I was home for, I think, two weeks and I texted my agent and I said, can you please find me somewhere to play in the summer? <laughs> I do not want to be, I do not oh, want to be. It took two weeks. You was done. Yeah. Huh? I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't stay home any longer. And he said, okay, let me see what I can do. So he said, Sierra, I have, I have this job in Paraguay. If you want to do it, it's only two months. And if you want to, you can go play there. And um, of course, I'm looking up everything about it. And, you know, it's a small country. It's, um, it's not the wealthiest country, but I was like, okay, well, let's, it's basketball. So I'm going to go. And so I went and it was one of the best experiences that I had. The people there are amazing. That um, my club, it was so much fun. Uh, I had another girl on my team. She was from Spain. It was her first time out of the out of the out of Spain. So it was her first time really using her passport because in the EU you don't need your passport to travel. Um, me, me and her became uh, very good friends, and. It was just, I won my first championship that summer. So wow. it was just, it was, it was kind of surreal, a surreal moment. I, I know it's not like something big. It was just the summer league over there. And, but it just felt great to actually win a championship to say that I won a championship because I had been so heartbroken so many times in high school, trying to win a championship and making it to the semifinals and losing and, just that championship feeling to say, oh, I have a championship now. And really, I had a good time. But it, the the food was good. Their, their, their meat is really good over there. They make, <laughs> they, they make really good chorizo, Ooh. all the ribs, everything on the grill. It's so good. It's so good there. The people, they were so welcoming. It was the first time overseas that I got a car. They gave me a car there. It, like, it's things that I had in in Europe usually you don't have dryers we have the drying racks they get I had a dryer in my <laughs> apartment I was like this is different like <laughs> I'm about let to me, go back let me soak this yeah. up for a little bit. I'm about to go back to Spain with no dryer and I have a dryer here in Paraguay like what you guys doing but uh it, it's by far my my favorite experience but Really, like I said, when I went to Spain, my second half of my first year overseas, it, it changed my life. Um, I think Spain as a whole is just my my favorite experience. And it, like I said, it changed my life. And to the point where I don't want to live in the United States, I, I plan on moving to Spain when I'm done my basketball career. Um, I am... I can understand everything fully in Spanish. Uh, I can speak Spanish, not fully. I'm not fully bilingual yet, but I'm working on it. And um, the people, I just feel free over there. I feel like I'm not judged. And um, the, the pace of living over there is very just like leisure. And I feel like sometimes in the United States, everything's fast paced. You have to do this, you have to do mm -hmm. this. And you don't really have time to relax. 
uh, like, oh, you see people and, oh, you're still living with your parents. Oh, you, uh, you have this job. Oh, you're not doing this. You don't have this over there. They just, they don't care. Half the, half the people over there, they live with their parents until their parents pass away. And then they get their house, their parents place. And then they live there and they raise their mm-hmm. family there. And, uh, I just, I just really like that. And I mean, the championship experience is my favorite, but Spain as a whole is an experience that really like impacted my life. And I'm happy that I, I got, I get to continue to go there. I, I decided to venture off this year, but for sure I will be back there because I'm going to be living there eventually when I finish my basketball career. So yeah, that's, that's a big experience. I, I recommend Spain to anybody and everybody. If they tell me they have an offer there, I'm like, take it. You will change your life. And most people love it. It might not, they might not pay like the most overseas, but they pay, they pay decent and Mm -hmm. the living is, is, is great. It's, if you think, if you're a person that thinks the United States living is great, then it's pretty, it's pretty close to living in the U.S. Uh, there's not, there's of course cultural differences, but it's not like you're, you're going from living with all this technology to not having any tech of the new technology at all. It, it matches up pretty much on that standpoint. Alrighty, and after your basketball career, you said you want to be in Spain. What else you want to be doing? Uh, I want to be an English teacher in Spain. So after I'm done, I will be an English teacher over there. I, I already kind of would teach my teammates English for free on some of my teams because why not? I like to mm-hmm. do that anyways. But uh, I've also thought about um, opening my own gym over there nice. when I'm done. Uh, my, my girlfriend is she is a part-time nutritionist. She's Spanish. She lives in Spain. And we thought about opening our own gym, but kind of in like the context of what we do in the U.S., one of those sports gyms that's mm-hmm. performance sports gyms, not just a regular gym that only has weights, but kind of has the turf and uh, half of a basketball court. So I, I could train kids if I wanted to as well, because they they really like that style over there and they mm-hmm. don't have that many gyms over there. So I think it would be a good investment for me to do that. And um, teaching teaching English is, I can do that privately. So I can make my own hours and it's, it's no problem. That's what I plan on doing. Well, good luck with all your future plans. I hope thank you get your gym. And thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Thank you for having me. You have a good night. You too. Bye. What's going on, family? This is your boy, DJ Preach, the founder of The Life Show Radio. And I see that you're doing great things right now by keeping it locked here on the MTMV Sports Podcast. Y'all better be talking about the Carolina Panthers. Let's go.